Blog Talk Radio. the number one podcast for plus-size women. I'm your host, Shanice Lewis. Today is Monday, February 29th, 2016. Stay connected with me in between shows on Instagram at Shanice Lewis, on Facebook at Shanice Lewis Show, and on Twitter at Shanice Show. We have a very special guest on the show today. As a go-to authority on women, girls, and confidence, Jess Weiner believes that if we want to change our culture, we have to partner with the people creating the message. With this mission in mind, she has spent decades making change from the inside out by partnering with brands and businesses to help shift the way we think, see, and talk about women and girls. She is the CEO of Talk to Jess, a consulting and strategy firm that acts as a thought partner for companies who seek to change their messaging towards women and girls. She remains a driving force behind cultural change, serving as Dove's global self-esteem ambassador for the past decade and most recently partnering with Mattel on the evolution of Barbie's body. With more than 20 years of experience working in the field as a speaker, writer, and educator, she's the author of the two best-selling books on her TEDx Talks, The Confidence Myth, which explores the messy, simple, and often overlooked truth about cultivating confidence. And Jess has been named by Forbes magazine as one of the 14 Power Women to follow on Twitter and Inc. Magazine as one of the 21 thought leaders every entrepreneur should follow in 2016. She is also an adjacent professor at the University of Southern California's School of Journalism, where she teaches personal branding and entrepreneurship. Let's welcome Jess to the show. Hi, Hi Well. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today. I know you're very, very busy. Oh, it's my pleasure. I love you and I love your show. Well, thank you so much. So let's get right into it. Your personal mission is to change the way our culture represents women and girls. Now, can you give us a little background about yourself prior to creating your consulting firm and your journey towards discovering and pursuing this mission? Yeah, of course. I'll take you all the way back to 1986. We'll go that far back um, when 
when I was, uh, you know, when I was 12 years old was the time in my life when I became very aware of how girls and girls my age were portrayed in the media because I was a total TV junkie and I spent a lot of time watching TV and looking for stories that reflected the, the kind of you know, girl life that I was living. And specifically, I was always looking for girls who looked like me on TV. I was a little curvier than my friends. I had naturally curly hair. I, you know, wasn't so into fashion at 12, and but I was really into adventure and storytelling. And it seemed like every time I turned on the TV, I always found girls that had like perfectly long, straight blonde hair and really thin bodies and had stories that didn't sound like my life. And so I remember at 12 being very impacted by that and really questioning myself and my worth and my beauty. And, you know, that had a big um, influence in my life and my interests. And as I grew up and as I you know, became a teenager and then a young adult, I never lost sight of the fact that the world around me just often didn't reflect bodies like mine or stories like mine or faces like mine. And and I, I wanted to figure out why, why that was and, mm-hmm. you know, who's mm-hmm. making those decisions and how do we change that. And so that really is the personal fuel that has formed my professional life. Mm. So how does this role as a consultant fit into this mission? Well, you know, it's interesting because I think you and I have known each other for quite some time. And, you know, I've been in this space for over 20 years talking to women and girls about confidence and beauty and body image. And, you know, in my earlier part of my career, I spent time as a speaker and a writer and uh, and mm-hmm. an, as an educator. And in the past, like, 10 years, I started working with brands as a consultant. They started asking mm-hmm. me to come in and help advise on different campaigns or different initiatives. And what I mm-hmm. found, Shanice, that was really different for me and exciting for me was I was getting that answer of who makes the decisions of what we put out in culture. I was like, oh, it's advertising and it's media and it's brands and, oh, my gosh, what if they let me in and I can actually, you know, help educate and and consult and advise on those messages. And so the way consulting fits in for me is that it really gives me the platform to take everything I've learned as an educator, writer, and speaker and an advocate for women and bring it inside some of the most powerful boardrooms in the world deciding, you know, some of the biggest marketing campaigns that we're going to see that are going to impact, you know, girls like me when I was 12 years old. Mm -hmm. So you've spent, like you said, you spent decades making change from the inside out by partnering with brands and businesses to help shift the way we think and see and talk about girls and women. So what are some of the biggest obstacles you face when working with big brands who are trying to change their messaging towards women and girls? Well, here's the crazy thing. You know, before I started working with companies as their partner, I was like many people looking at campaigns or, you know, advertisements on the outside and making a lot of assumptions. I assumed that nobody really cared about my feelings from those people in the businesses, or I I assumed that they were trying to hurt my self-esteem or that they were just, you know, so, uh, you know, intent on only showing one type of beauty. But when I started to work with these companies side by side, what I realized is that 
look, there are people who run these corporations and who run the marketing campaigns and the advertising campaigns, and those people make content based on their own points of view. And unless we educate them, Otherwise, they're going to continue to perpetuate some of the stereotypes or they're going to not look and see all shapes and sizes as beautiful, not because they're malintentioned, but because they're just not as educated or as into the topic as, say, you and I are. So mm-hmm. I think what I found the most and that I would love to share with your listeners to, uh, you know, today is that you know, it's, there is a give and take in the process of making the cultural messages that we get for women and the brands and the, and the partners that I work with, they're all very well-intentioned. They want to do the right thing. Number one, it's good for business. And number two, it's the right thing to do as a fellow human being. And I think I understand that better being on the inside, that the obstacle first is our own, you know, misunderstanding or not understanding or ignorance about topics. Um, And once you get somebody on board and once you get them educated and inspired, then they can really make change from the inside out. Is it mostly men that you have to work with at the top of these corporations that are making these messages for women and girls? You know, that's a great question. I actually work probably more with women than I do with oh. men. Um, I do think the the C-suite or like the CEO level, you know, of, of most of these companies tend to be men still, but a lot of the senior vice presidents and the marketing directors and brand directors are women. Um, so, and, and that's, you know, I love working with everybody who, who cares about making good messaging, but um, I find that there's a real sisterhood in, uh, in the businesses that I work with, of women that are really trying to do the best within their jobs to change the messages. So when you start working with a new company, are your goals always the same, or do they vary depending on the brand? Well, you know, my goal no, as a consultant as and an advisor is really to make sure that I am serving every client I work with with the most enthusiasm and up-to-date insights and research that I can. So my goal stays the same on every client, which is how, do, how am I of service to this person and to this brand? How do I help them get their message out? But more importantly, my bottom line are women and girls. Like I care mostly about who's going to be receiving those messages. And so I try to make sure that my partners are right fits you know, for my approach. But when I go in, you know, it's just like you work with anybody. You have to be flexible and you learn a little bit about their corporate dynamic or how they've marketed things in the past. And, you know, it's all about being fluid and flexible. And I think that's, mm-hmm. you know, another thing that I really learned is that, you know, you've got to, you got to change course when things don't work. You have to try different mm-hmm. things, you know, when you hit a roadblock. And that's with every business. I think with every campaign I've ever worked on or every group of people I've ever worked with, you know, you're dealing with people. And at the end of the day, we're all so different and we're so varied. And so once you kind of learn about the people you're working with, then I think you can kind of adapt your message accordingly. Now, you've served as Dove's Global Self-Esteem Ambassador for 10 years, and as a result, the company has had some amazing projects and campaigns. So how has your relationship with this brand evolved over the last 10 years? Oh, man, I feel like Dev and I have had this amazing marriage, right? Like 10 years is a long <laughs> time. Um and, you know, I was there uh, and lucky enough to be contacted by them 
right as the campaign for real beauty was starting and you know there was an opportunity for me to to come on as a global ambassador and it for self-esteem and an advisor to the content and the curriculum and the campaigns mm-hmm. and and honestly it's it's been a dream come true because they are 100% the right uh brand partner for me their their mission their message their values all really align and as you said, there's been some really exciting work that's come out from them. I think they're, without a doubt, the trailblazer in the industry around this. And I'm really happy to see mm-hmm. that other brands are doing good stuff, but I always think it's sort of with a nod to what Dove started because they really took a risk. Like, nobody was talking about real beauty 10 years ago. Um, right. Nobody was doing the work you were doing 10 years ago. You know, right. if you think about it, like you're a trailblazer just like they are. Like you've been having a national conversation about what it is in the plus size world and all of the issues and opportunities that we have. And, you know, much like that, I think I think Dove has done a really good job of of um, raising a lot of new conversations out there. So for me, to be their partner for a decade is tremendous. And I'm proud of the work. We've reached 17 million girls with an hour yeah. of self-esteem programming. 17 million worldwide um, with, you know, and so 17 million girls have gone through our self-esteem programs and, uh, and I just, I get excited when I think about that because that's just so many possibilities of lives changed. And that's why I signed mm-hmm. up to be a partner of theirs. I just, you know, they have a huge platform and the right message. And I knew from being a self-esteem educator that they were going to fill a void that was in the market. Yeah, that's awesome. So, Dove integrated hair care into the self-esteem conversation and introduced the Dove Love Your Curls campaign. Now, wearing your Mm -hmm. natural hair texture is a major movement in the African-American community. I'm natural Mm -hmm. now myself. So this campaign really um, resonates with the community. You are natural now? Yeah, I am. So how do brands decide to take on these types of cultural conversations. Well, let me tell you, it made my curly hair very happy as well that <laughs> we started talking about curls and texture and natural hair and the struggle that women feel in being natural and, and in, you know, accepting and embracing the hair that we were born with, you know, instead of, you know, and, and there's something wrong with straightening or pieces or anything like that. I mean, I've used them and I and I continue to do so. I think it's part of self-expression, but I really love the fact that we were able to take directly on one of the biggest factors for women in, in self-esteem is how they feel about their hair. And what was mm-hmm. really cool about this project is like, did you see the book that Dove had produced? I didn't about see the book. Hair? I, saw the, I saw the video and the emojis. Yeah, oh, the emojis are great. Um, I have to make sure we send you a copy of the book. There was a beautiful book done um, that had wonderful poetry, and it was all about kind of embracing and accepting curly hair. The best response I've seen from that campaign, Shanice, is that young girls who you can tell are getting very aware of how they wear their hair and what people say about their hair can, you know, walk with their head a little higher. They feel like they've got the right product for it or they feel like they just have the right community uh, to mm-hmm. accept and embrace them and to acknowledge that it's beautiful. You right. know, we don't see natural hair in a lot of advertisements. No, not at all. You well, know, that was and I see a really good. Yeah. One. 
I do, and I, I think. Don't you think it may? I think it makes a huge difference when, you know, we are able to see our own beauty reflected back. It, it can make all the difference in the world. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, now, one of your most recent projects is partnering with Mattel on the evolution of Barbie. Now, I haven't told you this because we haven't, you know, spoke since you did this campaign, but. Barbie has been a major part of my childhood. I really? am the on, I'm the only child, so I didn't have any brothers or sisters to play with, so I played with Barbies all the time. And so my mom, you know, she kept all of my Barbies from my childhood. I still have every single one, and I counted them because wow. I knew I was talking to you, and I have about <laughs> 70 or 80 Barbies from when I was a little girl. So I don't know if the average person has that many. I was a little spoiled being the only child. <laughs> I think but, you might have more than the average person. <laughs> right. But having 70 Barbies, I mean, Barbie played a big part of my childhood. So I'm excited to find out your role and your contribution to the evolution of a Barbie project. Well, I have to tell you, um, I've, I've had a great time working with my partners at Barbie and at Mattel. I've been working with them for about five years. And um, I have, you know, was a part of the team that was getting ready to make this this change and this transition. And I think, you know, they were, as a company, as a brand, really aware of where there was a gap in the cultural conversation about relevancy for Barbie. And clearly we all have, you know, poor Barbie. Barbie gets slammed a lot in culture and she becomes the, the scapegoat for a lot. And that being said, there's a lot that should have been and could have been improved, you know, with the doll. And what I'm really excited about is that, I think that the change in Barbie has been very exciting for little girls like little Shanice and others. Could you imagine if you would have had a natural hair Barbie to play with as a little girl or, right. you know, a beautiful, I mean, the Barbies are now in seven different skin tones. They're in three different body types. They're in, you know, they have 24 hairstyles, 22 eye colors. It really allows for a different um, inclusivity of sort of course it's not, everybody represented it's hard to do that on the first pass but i think it's something that they're working towards but there's so many options to find dolls that look like you and just like we were talking about i think it matters now more than ever before because our world is beautifully blended and mixed and multicultural and it doesn't look like one type of beauty anymore and so anytime a toy or a media product can like better reflect the culture and the girls and boys who are playing with it, I think they're on the right side of that conversation. And so it was a real pleasure to work with them uh, to help, you know, um, you know, help educate them on the issues that are facing women and girls. We had great influencers who came into the into Mattel and to Barbie and talked about their experiences. And so it was, um, you know, it was a really it was a group effort, and um, I'm really proud of it. Now, the new dolls come not only in a range of shapes, but also a variety of skin colors, hair textures to represent different ethnicities. How critical is it having toys that you can identify with in building self-confidence? I mean, it's incredibly critical, right? I think that, you know, it is the building block of our imagination when we're little. I think, you know... 
I think that when we're little, you know, you've seen this with little babies, right? Like they could play with a cardboard box and make up a bunch, you know, a bunch right. of stories. And so sometimes I think the objects we play with when we're little, you know, they matter and they don't matter. But I think as you grow up and as you get older and you go to school and you're around other kids and you get other messages from other kids and their families, then, you know, that's when parents start to see their kids at like, you know, three, four, five, six come home and say, you know, mom, am I fat or mom, am I ugly or is my skin too dark or is my hair too this or that? And I think, you know, that's always helpful then when you have a, you know, a doll or a video or a movie that you're watching and you can see yourself reflected back. It's not the, it's not the fix it to everything, but I think it's really important that we show beautiful diversity to all of our kids so that, they just have an expectation that the world is going to be like that. They can see their friends reflected back in what they play with. So I think it goes way beyond playtime, and it goes into, like, just being, you know, more um, up-to-date and realistic with culture. Right. And I also think, um, like in my case, you know, I had lots of Barbie dolls, and they all didn't look like me, but I had positive reinforcement from my parents and my peers, and all kids don't have that. So the image right. that they're playing with is all that more critical. Well, you know, you bring up a really good point because this is my my take, not just because I've worked with this company, but what I've learned about myself along the way. You know, it's it's many, many factors that go into uh, somebody's self-esteem and confidence. It's never just one thing. So it's not only your parents or only the media or only school or friends. It's little bits of all of that. So you're right in saying, like, the way our parents or our families engage with us, that really makes a difference. The way we're treated at school and by friends, that makes a difference. And then, of course, what we see out in culture makes a difference, too. And so I think it's important for all of us who are really passionate about changing the way women and girls are seen in culture to also recognize that this is a really complex ecosystem of of influence that we're talking about. It's not just one thing that could cause Mm -hmm. someone to feel badly about themselves. It's usually a number of different things and feeling really isolated about it. Right, right. Now, the evolution of Barbie included three new body types, petite, curvy, and tall. Some people said the change was not necessary, while others said the change was not enough. What are your thoughts mm-hmm. on the spectrum of reviews? <laughs> oh, Shanice, you can't. We can't <laughs> please everybody. <laughs> you know? Right, right. I mean, here's my point of view. I think that starting is always better than not starting. And yeah. there'll always be somebody who is not happy. Look, this isn't even just about Barbie or anything. I mean, think about us and the work we do in the world or anybody does. Like, some people are going to like you and some people aren't. Some people are going to get the point of it and some people aren't. And I, I feel like – and everybody's entitled to their opinion. That's what's so great, right? I think when right. I look at my work that I do with companies in particular – of course, mm-hmm. companies want to sell products. That's what they're there for. They're not charities. They're not nonprofits. They're for-profit companies. But I think there's a way that you can uh, do well by doing good. And I think that, you know, you're not going to be able to please everybody. I think there's still a long way to go. And I think there'll be I think there'll people from within the company that would say that, yep, they're still working on things and they still have plans to do more changes. But I'm so excited that that change finally happened. And actually, I think a lot of girls and their families are too and you know i think Mm -hmm. that that's 
important not to lose sight of is that, you know, I've heard from so many little girls who are just really excited to play with a variety of different dolls that look like them and their friends. And it doesn't stop them from having great imaginations. I think it just gives them actually even more story ideas. And I think that goes to show how iconic uh, the brand is and the Barbie doll is because had it been some other doll, I don't think anybody would have cared that much. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if, I think for lots of different reasons, Barbie has, you know, she has a place in culture, both rightfully and wrongfully so. You know, people love to hate her. <laughs> people love to love her. And so, you know, right. it's just probably like Madonna or Lady Gaga or like really iconic people people have opinions, but what I focus on are the girls and their families and the fact that, you know, look, when it comes to coming back to my work and why I do what I do, if I get a chance to work with a brand who has a huge platform, um, you know, if if 98% of the girls in the world play with a Barbie and I get a chance to help make a change in that doll or help evolve that doll, you better believe I'm going to do that because my goal in life and my personal goal, my professional goal, is to try to do as much good as I can while I'm here on this earth. I want to help as many people. I want to make as much change, and I want to enjoy the process. And so um, I just feel really blessed to have been able to, to work with them. Yeah, that was major. So what is your ultimate goal as someone who is trying to change the way culture represents women and girls. Boy, we have so far to go, right? I was watching the Oscars last night, and we have a long way to go about how we represent right. women and how we include women. And, um, you know, one thing I just i am kind of on my soapbox about in, um, is just making sure that we recognize that, you know, there's room for everybody in celebration and in art and in, Uh, in media production and marketing. Like, I just feel like we can benefit so much more when we include lots of diverse stories. And so, you know, for me, Shanice, my ultimate goal is to continue to work with the companies that are interested in making changes. I would love to work, you know, with companies in tech and finance and auto, places that, you know, typically aren't as cutting edge around women and girls. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I'd love to help those industries make some changes. But, um, you know, that's what I do, you know, professionally as a consultant. And then I'm also really passionate about helping women continue to understand their journey with confidence and understand that confidence is a journey. It's not a destination. It is something you're never done developing. And I get very excited when I see people come into their power. That's awesome. Now, when you said you want to get into different industries like tech, like you wouldn't do the same type of work you did with Barbie with a tech company, but what type of things do you want to do in different industries, like have more women at the top um, and and as a leader in the industries? Well, who knows? I mean, I think we probably could do some of the things we've done with, you know, some of the other brands. I mean, my work with Dove is different than my work with Barbie, and hopefully my work Mm -hmm. in a tech company or an auto company or finance would be different too. I think it would be about Mm -hmm. what they're trying to do, you know. If a tech company is trying to launch a product and they want to talk to women, I think that we could help them find a better way to do that or make a better a product that's more inclusive. I think marketing still has a way to go. We still don't see okay. full multidimensionality and, and diversity in, in our content. But also, like, I work a lot within Hollywood. I mean, I work a lot with filmmakers and studios and film festivals to make sure that, 
you know, diverse storytellers have access and opportunity to have their voices heard because that's the only way that we're going to change it. So I'm, you know, I'm up for any challenge, I, you know, in, in different industries. I, I think what's kind of cool about the way that we work is we kind of work side by side with the brand and help them think through, you know, how they might want to change and evolve. So to your point, whether that's more women in leadership, which certainly can help, but also, you know, how are they conceiving their products and their marketing and are they thinking about everybody to include or are we just kind of relying on stereotypes to sell the message? So are you interested in putting out any more original content? Or are you like working with um, brands better now? I love that question. Of course, I'm dying to create more. I haven't written a book in a while, and I'm working on another book right now. And I very much um, am interested in telling stories and creating products that deliver the message on my own. I think I, I continue to learn so much by partnering with brands. It's like a crash course in social activism and business and social change all at one time. Um, but I'm, of course, first and foremost, a storyteller and a creator, and um, and I'm, I'm getting ready to work on some really cool projects that I hope I can come back and talk to you about when they're ready. Oh, I would love that. So you've been a driving force behind cultural change with your work as Dove's Global Self-Esteem Ambassador for the past decade and most recently partnering with Mattel on the evolution of Barbie's body. So what's next for you? Do you have anything else happening that we could be on the lookout for? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we have a couple of different projects coming out with clients this year. Um, Nothing that I can announce right now, but all of them, I can give you kind of a general idea. The next area that we're going to focus on is family and what do families look like and and representing today's real modern family because they they come in different, you know, uh, in different styles and different flavors and not everybody has, you know, the same sort of family dynamic. So I'm really interested in shining light on that. And, And much like, you know, you and your passion, I'm very, very committed to helping uh, you know, confident, curvy women continue to embrace their their bodies and their lives and their lifestyles, and um, you know, so that that passion point is is always there for me. Um, you know, I'm just trying to figure out how to get more hours in the day so I can do this all. Right. Well, luckily today was a leap day, so we got an extra day. <laughs> we did. We got a head start. <laughs> So where can we find you online and keep up with everything you have going on? <laughs> well, um, you the best place, I think, to find me is on Facebook and Twitter. Um, on, you know, on Twitter, I'm at Jess Wiener, and on Facebook, we have a fan page that um, we, we try to get community conversations started in. And I know you've probably been doing this for a while, but I'm sort of a late adapter. I'm also on Instagram now. <laughs> I'm like, well, I, I just, laughed because I just I, got on because I had to. Oh, I didn't did. really want to. Okay, good. I'm so glad because I felt like the old lady who came last to the party, but um, <laughs> my team really pushed me to do it. So I'm on Instagram at talk to Jess with the number two, um, and you know, and so that's kind of where I live in 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 cyberspace, and and um, you know, hopefully, like I said, I'll have some some new content out soon where we can continue the conversation about confidence and making social change. Um, in our own lives, too, you know, not just with brands and businesses and their great partners, but also, like, what do we do every day to make to make our lives more fulfilling and more impactful uh, and help each other? And what is your official website? 
Oh, it's JessWiener.com. Wiener like the hot dog, W-E-I-N-E-R.com. Although I did get married, Shanice. I don't know if you know, but I'm a Lopez now. Oh, you married? You can just just call me J-Lo now. (laughs) (laughs) I did not know you. You didn't post pictures of... The ring I or did, anything, I'm so did you? private. I know I'm pretty <laughs> private, but I've been married for three years now um, to an amazing man. I know, I know, well, to an amazing, amazing man and partner. <laughs> well, congratulations! So you have so much to be excited about in your life right now. <laughs> you have <laughs> socially and professionally. So congrats on everything. And thank thank you so much for being on the show. You are definitely one of the people I look up to. You always are doing something positive to bring change. So thank you for everything that you do. Oh, my gosh. Shanice, likewise, thank you for what you do, and I can't wait to talk to you again. Well, thanks for being on the show, and enjoy the rest of your evening. Okay. Take good care. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. So thank you to my fabulous guest this evening, Jess Weiner. If you haven't already, don't forget to like the show's fan page on Facebook at facebook.com slash Shanice Lewis Show. I've been your host this evening, Shanice Lewis. Thank you for tuning in and supporting. Until next time, keep thriving in your curves and be blessed. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.